This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Yucca, yes, nice. All right, uh, the tsunami of shite continues. We will, uh, we're gonna dive into it. I'm gonna be a quick stream again. I have a, a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, Goizero says, Nice round table the other day. The round table was great. Uh, if you haven't watched it, uh, it's well worth four hours of your time. Stick it on double speed. 
if you need to walk around the house, listen to it, there's a lot of uh, important information that gets coalesced there. I'm hoping it's going to be a springboard into the more, uh, let's let's say, dangerous, uh, <laughs> dangerous components of this biology. And I'm, uh, well, um, just a few things have popped up whilst I was just getting this stream ready. It just made me think... Uh, you know what are we uh, what are we dealing with who's going to be dealing with it and um armchair what yeah thank yeah shout out to uh, armchair warlord as well uh, he did uh, he did three hour stream uh, going into <laughs> having to deal with my dumbass questions about um how how you um instigate world war 3 how do you, how do you move all that uh, ammunition about and uh, spray it about such that you get what you want. Um, so yeah, it's been a uh, well, lot, lot of, uh, lot of streaming, a lot of interesting stuff over the last, uh, last twenty four, forty eight hours. All right, so uh, what are we going to be looking at? I want to do the neuroscience. We're going to cover a little bit of the biological warfare aspect, a few headlines, and um, that will be about it. And Marty, thank you for putting the link to the uh, roundtable. Much, much appreciated. If you've got questions, please drop them in the chat. I'll try to answer them. Uh, it'll be a technical stream today more than anything. I want to uh, go through this paper with a fine tooth comb and uh, see what we can extract from it. And uh, it's an important one. And it relays into the experiment that we want to do. It relays into the uh, our thinking and formalizing strategies as we move forward. Uh, let's see. Right, um, I need this this button, not that one. So let's move on. Please behave. Yep, nice. So again, uh, I'm going to stick with this meme for the moment uh, because it encapsulates uh, everything. And you know, we're dealing with uh, intelligence operations running amok in uh, countries where I don't think they should be. And you need to understand this history and these events to understand the current events that we're in right now. And I, like I say, I'm not the, uh, the deep diver into this stuff. I, I mean, I read it in the off time and I, I of course, will go over it. But there are, there are other um, real sources. You, you know, I was just looking at his telegram a uh, jesse Matthew, of course shout out to jesse um he, he's covered this stuff uh brilliantly and again links up elements of and again i don't know how much his spontaneous emergence from the field or uh, <laughs> are we really uncovering all this stuff and of course uh, a shout out to spartacus as well who was on the round table he's done an excellent job of linking up all these people and we should have his uh his map maybe i can pull that up real quick um where did that go uh it should it should just be part of the uh the the background and uh, that's odd chat but let me do, 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 do. where'd it go where'd it go 
Ah, uh, don't I don't don't see it where I thought it was. That that blows. Um, right. If you're watching Sparkers, please put the links. <laughs> What's that? Goiz Ross says, uh, "Do what, Kev? It'll give you fifty to a hundred plus new viewers. What will? What will? Uh, I'll share it on Telegram. Oh yeah, I should I should share on Telegram. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? I'll, I'll do that right now. I try to. Um, Telegram is. It, it's not part of my reflexes yet to get in and uh of course je suis fromage is a machine when it comes to this type of stuff there's there's the link if you want to um if you ah, go back go back view graph all right so there um boom And uh, let me just quickly spam Telegram really quickly. But that um, that Venn diagram that you can see on the uh, screen, um, very, very useful for helping you build these cognitive maps, these mind maps that uh, for all these um, in interactions. And again, these aren't hard to uh, dig up and fine it's the issue is is that the it's such it's such a large and encompassing data uh, encompassing is that, is that the right word i guess so uh, and that goes over many many different fields and there's a lot of how should we say bad actors that we uh, should be aware of so let me just do this well let me run through some tabs and then i'll do what the telegram and because uh, we've got some video to watch so if you've strolled in here wondering who i am that is me uh i am a legit scientist all published and shit she and uh, what i do right now is um try to engage in the scientific resistance to uh, what is a um hostile takeover of one of mankind's greatest uh, achievements and um not on my watch no way no way I'm not having it. Never! Um, so, uh, let's see. Do that. So, yeah, if you want to find out who I am, what I've done in the past, uh, ResearchGate is a good place to start. Google, uh, you can go to PubMed. Uh, I'm, I'm more inclined just to uh, shut down as much as we can of the old model. Uh, it's broken, uh, but I'm still I'm still plastered all over it. But uh, the links will get thrown up by uh, Marty, I'm sure. And uh, what you should do, uh, because of the censorious environment, McCannDojo.com, and there you will find all the ways to support what is basically turning into an open lab and uh, us angling towards uh, experiments and looking at the day-to-day uh, -day data and events and how they fit into the bigger picture. How much do we have to go back and reappraise what it is that we're thinking? And that's, that's going to come up in a few minutes uh, as we look at some of these headlines and some of the individuals. So if you want to, um, if you want to become like a stable support, help, help old Doc Kev with electric bill, Patreon, it's okay. I like Patreon, even though they take a big chunk. Um, it lets Kevy know that uh, there's, there's that limit um, and try to operate within it. Of course, uh, we've got our own payment processing, wtyl.live tip jar. Um, if you go there, it'll process uh, your 
your <laughs> what's the, your tracking device, your credit card, and uh, but uh, at least in this instance, it's not going to uh, GayPal, censorious GayPal, who's taking away everyone's uh, right to um, engage in free speech and uh, exchange of ideas on the internet because it offends some special interest group. We have to put a stop to this if we want if we want to. Stand a chance of preventing the, the dive off the edge of the cliff. Uh, the problem is, is a lot of people do use uh, GayPal, so you can do it through Streamlabs. Uh, it'll get to me uh, via a few steps, and um, yeah, you can. But don't use WTYL.live if you've got a spare five bucks. You want to really help science, um, you know, insurgent science, uh, get a uh, get those shots in, get those body shots in. I need to, I've got a, uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, some burgle, is this, is this a short thing or a long thing? And you say, well, that's a system, a self-perpetual. Oh, that's a live one. I'll have to do that later. Um, but thank you, Burgle, for the link. Uh, but th there's a tip jar. Go back to tip jar. Grift, 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 grift. But science costs money. And uh, we're fighting people with infinite resources. And let's say um, I'm, I'm doing my best to, uh, well, <laughs> Stay in the fight, as it were. All right, let's. Um, I'll just remind everyone what it is that we're doing right now. Uh, we're gonna, for the few weeks leading up to the election, um, I think some small animal studies will we'll probably get some interesting answers from that. Could do we cause amyloidosis via uh, gene transfection? And I'm gonna say I think the odds are 70 30 in that direction, just, just from. Un not understand, knowing the data and we'll see that there's generally well accepted ways of detecting this um, that are how should we say open to the budget scientist um, we get those rats we get the uh, gene transfection juice cold chained providence known and we'll stick it in various routes and we'll go for intramuscular intravenous intracerebral and we'll we'll look for uh, it's it's a easy uh, immunohistochemistry uh, technique, uh, and it's it's well it's well accepted within the field. And should we see it, it should be enough to say no, no, we we can't be enforcing this stuff onto people. It has to be a choice here, I'm afraid. So uh, purchased, purchased. Uh, this multi-thousand-dollar piece of equipment that you see on your screen—it uh, was minus some ear bars—but uh, um, just to give you a, uh, an idea of the costs of doing this science, just two little pieces of—you um, could say it's pretty well engineered surgical steel, uh, <laughs> about that long, quarter of an inch wide. Um, nearly three hundred dollars for a pair, right? Uh, let us uh, move on. Uh, uh, we can move away from the grifting. And uh, what do we see here? Hmm. A tweet from Andrew Huff, who uh, I, um, I've i never spoke to, but I, I consider him an important um, whistleblower in the current environment. 
But what are, what are, what are we seeing here? Controlled opposition blocked. Now, what's he? Who's he blocking? Who's Satanic Live? Mark. Blocking Mark for what? Well, Mark is pointing out that there's uh, that there's a whole bunch of data that people don't want to look at. And that's the Valley vaping disease data and how that correlates with potentially a US-based lab leak. It, it, could, well, it could well be. There's a, there's a lot of overlapping symptoms. And the... Let's just see what the tweet says. Hypothesis. mRNA for spike protein was in vaping products in 2019. Strange flu, vaping illness, and SARS-CoV-2 spike protein had identical symptoms. Uh, I, I don't know. I would. I, I think there's some you can contest that. Uh, CDC unable to differentiate them. Great way to seed the U.S. youth with something that shows up on CV-19 test kits. Um, and again, no scientist or investigator would dismiss anything around such a world-changing event as we see with SARS-CoV-2. No, no way, no how. Yet, somehow, Andrew Huff wants to uh, immediately dismiss this data. Now, I want... Uh, why aren't we exhuming those bodies? Why aren't we taking samples from this unknown disease which sprung up close to Fort Detrick, if I'm not mistaken, and doing the tests for uh, the presence of SARS-CoV-2 spike proteins. It's one of the most important investigations that should be on the docket. Just, just to bookend the data that we have. Was, was the Evali cases anything to do with the, uh, the spike protein pathology that we see raging right now? It has to be done. I'm sorry, and you don't get to just dismiss uh, data like that. No way, no how. Not on my watch. Never! Um, uh, let's see. Is the process for testing for amyloid before transfection the same as testing for after? I'm assuming the animal will be dead after, so how to test before? You, you just have controls. We just make the assumption that uh, it's not there. And uh, I'll, I'll run some controls. I mean, the nice thing to being able to do was the primate study and do the imaging. But um, you know what? There's the there's no uh, super super donors that want to come up and uh, um, drop that change on the on the table to do the studies. That's how it is, folks. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough when you are tip of the spear, edge of the knife. Just make sure you maintain your edge as we get as we frost in. And I want to, I want to, uh, I'm going to call out stuff that I think looks suspicious. I have tried to speak to Andrew a few times. Um, has always seemed evasive, always uh, spinning yarns about. Um, well, what was the last one? It, like car, his car being meddled with and drones coming and um, him getting uh, pictures, etc. And um, maybe, maybe, uh, but until I see the full video footage and now that I've seen something like this, a dismissal of 
these are valid cases, which I think comes within the the scope of the investigations here. Any any of these uh, strange pneumonias. Let's go back to 2017. That would seem an odd year. Uh, let's see. Let's what have um, controlled opposition blocked? Uh, interesting. How do you arrive at your conclusion? Let's see what's in there. Probably because some people consider it a CT narrative meant to distract. The thread in the screenshot is also posted somewhere in this thread. Uh, this is Rosanna Segreto. Um, God damn it! I need. I was looking for her. Um, her email handle. Um, but she's right. Rosanna is right. We we have to be looking at anything that looks like the disease that we're dealing with right now. <laughs> it's incumbent. A at any other time, it would have just been done like that. Uh, let's see. Huff says controlled opposition. Does he have a case of projection? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, if someone's got uh, Rosanna's uh, Twitter handle... Please uh, let me know. Andrew Huff referred to himself as a retired NSA counterterrorism analyst, basically admitting to being an intelligence asset. Controlled opposition is bullshit. His role is to cover up the first lab leak in the US and deny that Ivali was COVID. Uh, do I follow that William E. Colby? I don't know. Let's, uh, I've had exchanges with him in the past. He's a bit of a dick. But um, in this instance, uh, I think he's uh, right. Uh, bam. Oh, no, I don't want to put it there. Bam. Here. And uh, we talk, you listen, says oi oi. Uh, following. Uh, let's see, it wasn't a lab leak, but you probably is NSA agent, to be honest. Not sure what that means. Um, tobacco companies already in on the vaping industry. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. If I recall correctly, SARS had uh, five quickly contained lab leaks in Asia after initial field tested epidemic to observe international spread. One was from Barrick's UNC lab, blamed on a worker visiting a SARS victim in Toronto. Do you have data dots to connect SARS to leak in our Americas? Um, uh, someone mentioning a Harvard PhD. I, felt, I thought they were going to refer to polymath. Uh, polymath pull control. <laughs> um, it's pointing to uh, Professor Francis Boyle. I would really like to speak with Boyle. Boyle really opened my eyes to how deep bioweapon programs run. And this is something that I try to hammer home all the time. Literally anything can be dual use. It's just how you how you implement it. And what lies you're prepared to tell as you initiate these programs and pour billions of dollars into it. Now, again, you, you know, what the end game is, uh, population reduction, uh, gene modification, etc. I don't think we, uh, well, we're all entitled to our own opinion. But right now we have to deal with the science on the table. And that means understanding the pathology of the spike protein. I think we've got a good handle on what the uh, the pathology is. It's why I spend less time on it now. And also uh, understanding the consequences of artificial exposure. Uh, support Doc McCann. Uh, you can get a jingle, uh, GD Bakshi uh, jingle. 
if you do oh yeah but you have to use gaypal to do it. if you send it if you send it via the tip jar i'm looking in there and uh, i'll play something i need to come up with a better um i would really like to move people away from uh, paypal Let's see. Uh, so we have Ebola epidemic seemed to only emerge during vaccine trials. Marburg Labs PPE failure was first public exposure to Marburg Ebola. CCP has catalogued 99.5% of known coronavirus. It's their bioweapon of choice. Bores Ferocious, love the man. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so again, um, I'm, uh, like I said, I don't know Andrew Huff. What he was saying was of interest because he claimed he was part of the inner circle of eco health, I guess. Um, the level of mm, organization that supported the Nathan Wolfs and the Peter Dayzaks, etc. And um, yeah, we know that there are deep intelligence and defense contracting involved. And he pops up to call Mark controlled opposition. Really? Really? Mark, someone who's done more work digging out these networks than probably anyone on this planet. What has Andrew Huff said? Oh, I was in a stairwell with Peter Dayzak and uh, he told me that he was contacted by the CIA. Well... You know, now I'm going to have to be keeping a very beady eye on what he's doing. And again, um, he's going down the civil lawsuit case. Um, well, he just wants a just wants a payday. Just it's, he just wants to keep people distracted. <laughs> Trust no one in this dirty fucking business is what I would say. Uh, let's see. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix says Toronto is in Canada. Canada is part of North America. And although there are checkpoints on roads at the border, the border is large and impossible to monitor 100% of the time. Yeah, um, I send by me a coffee. Oh, cool. Let me uh, check that. Um, and uh, yeah, someone, uh, thank you very much. I will uh, give you uh, the GD Bakshi treatment. Come on, Streamlabs, do your thing. You had enough? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your uh, support uh, in this uh, in this time. I will do my best with that uh, support. Let's see. Dawson is Kang's. Who's tonic can't beat that? Just saying. Uh, increase in RSV in light of mRNA experiments in Galveston, Texas, in addition to decreased intermingling in and among the environment. Uh, well, expect all sorts. Right, right now is the time that we should be paying attention to the data, right? Because it's not quite flu season. They've tried to brush off excess deaths in the summer as being part of uh, global warming. It was too warm. People were just uh, falling dead left, right, and center. <laughs> Oh, or it could be synthetic peptides that have been messed with and tuned to induce, well, particularly long-term crippling effects and cumulative effects, depending on how much you're exposed to them. And like I say, the the dead don't don't lie. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. 
I recently read Michael Crichton's novel Next. It goes through much of the genetic research going on and the resulting cavalier and greedy craziness going on. I thought one day if he was giving it an early exit for being too close to exposing science out of control. Um, Aldenon says, does he believe nukes exist yet or not so much? Um, it's a, a topic that he's uh, spent a lot of time on. Um, I, anyone who does the research, I'm prepared to listen to it. Now, the... <laughs> That's a as a thing to get into beef over right now. It's it's not it's not worth it in my mind. Mark's too good of a, a analyst to just say, oh, he's he's reached a different conclusion over that subject. I'm not going to listen to anything that he says. That's stupid. That's that's equivalent to what Huff has done here in saying, ah, oh, don't look at that validator. Quick, keep focusing on the ching chongs. Or any anything, anything to to stop people looking at the weapon programs that have brought us to here, and I think we just have to keep hammering that home. These are bio warfare agents. These are programs that have evolved and adapted. This ain't your grandpappy's anthrax anymore. It's different, and it in in it's more stealth. It's more dangerous, and it's. That essentially can be leveraged to uh, for global control. I was um, again talking with a friend, and we were we were looking at uh, visiting the U.S. If you're a non-U.S. citizen and you want to come to the U.S., you have to show proof of vaccination, and you're visiting by air travel. That's the world that we're stepping into, folks. Um, I'm <laughs> I've got a very jaundiced beady eye. <laughs> looking at that uh, it happens says um, I think Mark means that nukes are a science that is not put to use because it's cheaper and easier to use other explosives to do the same damage essentially except for the radiation um Let's see. Weave, the Jewish guy with Daily Stormer in Moldova, funded by Kremlin, was always pushing the no nukes thing. Uh, let's see. DJ says, you know, most visitors to Cali and other hot places during the winter usually die from shock due to temp change. It's a risk worth taking for winter vacations to beat the snow. <laughs> Is that true? Um... <laughs> Exonukes. That's funny. All right, let's move on from this. And uh, oh, we've had some uh, we've had some political uh, movements. Uh, shout out to uh, Texarkana Blick, Simon Phoenix for finding hey, this Dr. gem. Babowski, was it a bat to a pangolin to a hippopotamus to Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers, or did COVID start in a lab? Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins say it's the former. They said it was animal to human. Some of the virologists who they've given our tax dollars to over the years. Uh, have said the same, although initially, I think it's interesting to point out, before they had their conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins on February the 2nd, on January 31st, 2020, Dr. Christian Anderson, who's received a number of our tax dollars over the years, said Bam. virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Dr. Gary said it's easy to do this in a lab. <laughs> who's this dude? Uh, Jim Jordan. Um it's not Ron Johnson. I'd assumed it was Ron Johnson to begin with. But uh, he's got his talking points down. Pat. <laughs> Get in there, son. They, of course, changed their position after they had this famous conference call with Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci. I was just wondering what you think. Did it start in a lab or was it from a bat to a pangolin to a person? 
So I, I'm a health economist. I've, my research has been focused on nursing homes, supporting staff, uh, supporting residents. You've you got a degree. I, from, I saw your background. You got a degree from Duke, degree from Chicago. You're professor of health care policy at Harvard. Is it is it a good idea for <laughs> the guys in charge of our government policy on this to mislead the American people? So I, I don't have an opinion on where the virus started. Just last or, week, Dr. Redfield was in, interviewed, and this, Dr. Redfield said this. This fucking lickspittle. Oh, God, I don't have an opinion. Oh, God, please don't, don't give me the hard questions, right? That type, that type of evasive cover your ass behavior is the type of thing that we need to root out, right? If, we, if we're going to have trust in the sciences. If 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 he's a professor at Harvard, let it burn, let it burn. That that institute has basically just not even stripped off, stepped into a bathtub full of diarrhea and started shampooing itself in it. That's that's how far it's fallen, right? From from Epstein to a lickspittle saying, "Oh God, I don't know anything about that." Anyone with any basic comprehension of biology. Should be questioning what's going on right now. Anybody, if they don't, if they don't, then you you probably know that you're dealing with a uh, well, a glowy um, Jim Jordan, worst dressed man in the solar system. Wow! <laughs> Bet that shirt was expensive. This Fauci knew he was misleading the Congress and the country. Do you agree with Dr. Redfield, or do you think Dr. Fauci was telling us the truth? Once again, I, I don't have an opinion on this. This is sort of outside the scope of my When government research. said the vaccinated <laughs> couldn't get the virus, were they guessing or lying? Once again, this is sort of outside the scope of what I focus on. I'm really focused on the care of our nursing home residents. Yeah, but you're, you're a smart guy. You're, you're a professor at the Harvard uh, University School of Medicine. And I'm a uh, smart guy that chooses to focus on nursing homes. I'm really supporting those. Well, how about and, this question? How putting about better this? Uh, and, um, what about the impact of this spike protein? I'm not, and it's not just spike protein again. Um, I don't I try not to get too fixated on that. There's a whole bunch of peptides of concern around SARS-CoV-2 that look like lab origin peptides, and I, I again put us very squarely in the biowarfare domain. It's that simple. And until we can diffuse that uh, particular device, it's not safe. It's not safe, and. Um, what you've got there on the screen are the people that are defending you right now or supposed to be defending you and basically just going, oh, my God, just get me back to my comfy office in Harvard. I don't want to answer any of this. I don't want all those, all those old dead people. Well, let me just write. Let me just write a mid-tier paper about it or a couple of them. And then I can say I've done my bit. These people make me want to puke nursing home policies in place to really well, uh, provide the better care the for our residents the virus? and Can our the vaccinated get the virus? So, sorry, ask Can that the again. vaccinated get the virus? Did individuals who are vaccinated get, get COVID? Can they get it? Yeah. Sure. Sure, they can. So when the government told us that they couldn't, were they guessing or lying? Once again, that's sort of outside the scope of How about what this I've... one? Is the pandemic over? No. No. It's not over until we've had the proper investigations. And like I said, I don't know how much we can do with the Ching Chongs, but we can. I think there's enough data. With Charles on this, we've got enough data right now to take a big bite out of the organizations that brought us to this point. Let's, let's sink those teeth in, rip it out, and let's start dissecting it. 
What are they up to? Why does everything look so sketchy? Why do we have lick spittles there, supposedly uh, in, in the public interest? Once again, that's not for someone in my position. I'm a health economist whose research focuses on yeah, nursing homes. Yeah, but you're in front of the select committee on coronavirus. I mean, we, we talked about the number that I think you cited, uh, Representative Scalise cited this as well. Uh, I think it was 172,000 individuals in nursing homes lost their lives. We're talking about health care policy. One of the things it seems we should be getting to the bottom of is how did this thing start? You're a witness in front of the committee with this background, educated guy, professor of health care policy at Harvard. I'm just asking you something. President of the United States seems to think the, pa the pandemic is over. I'm asking, do you think the pandemic's over? Once again, this is a hearing about nursing homes. I'm really focused on, on how do we support our staff and how do we support our residents? And well, that's we might have had, had, we might not have had the terrible things happen in nursing homes if the government would have been square with us from the get-go. That's one of the things I think is important for the country to understand. Maybe some of these terrible things don't happen. In fact, we've had testimony in front of this committee that said if they if they would have fo focused on the idea that this came from a lab, and I asked Dr. Girard, I said, would that have changed how we dealt with the virus, and could that have saved lives? And he said, yes, it would have. So that's that's why we're asking the question. That's why it's important to the American people, and frankly, just on a fundamental level, it's important that the government not mislead its citizens, which it obviously seems they're doing. So maybe I'll ask it this way now: If the pandemic's over because the president has said it just a couple days ago. And the government misled us on the origin of the virus. Seems pretty obvious they did. They definitely misled us on the, the statement that the vaccinated couldn't get it or transmit it. Uh, should people who lost their job be able to get it back? Once again, that's kind of outside the scope of kind of what I, what I research. Re recruitment levels for our military are off 40%. I just talked to colleagues on the House floor who say for the first time in their time as a member of Congress where they didn't have as many people. Uh, Maples, if you've got a link, um, please uh, drop it in the chat or, or get it to me somehow. DM me. Um, I'd, I'd like to see that paper. Uh, these sleaze fucks, they're surrounded with liberals who let the slides so don't fear evading questions. Uh, I want a public hanging. <laughs> Sven, knock it off. Uh, let's see. I want lawsuits. Um, well, we want criminal investigation. That's what we want. And like I say, my concern is that the next, that they will do anything literally to survive. And so what they'll do is, is they'll have circus trials where, you know, there'll be, there'll be civil suits and money and, you know, the, the likes of Rainer Formic after, you know, he needs more money after pocketing 600,000 euros from all those groups. Think of all the people that gave 600,000 euros to Rainer Formic. And what did they get? Andrew Kaufman on fucking Rumble. <laughs> apply to go into our uh, academies because of the vaccine, because of the vaccine mandate that's on. I'm just asking the basic question, should people, healthcare policy, this seems to have a bearing on overall policy, should people who lost their job be able to get it back, particularly in the United States military? So my research hasn't focused on kind of job loss in the military. That's really kind of outside the area that I study. <laughs> wow, we put these people into positions of responsibility, man. Uh, can I wrench maples? Yeah, of course. Re maples doesn't have a wrench. What? How's that happen? Uh, 
I'm very focused on, on nursing homes, which is the focus of this hearing. How about this one? Should Pfizer, J&J, &J, Moderna have to pay uh, the, the back salary of people who lost their job, seeing how they've been misled on the, on the, on the effectiveness of this vaccine? Pfizer, J&J. &J. Once again, that's not an issue that I've focused on in my research. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you, uh, back. It's a very, very interesting exchange. I believe it's relatively recent, um, September 26th. Uh, that's yesterday for me. Uh, Comfortably Numb says, shit weasels, the lot of them. Ah, I agree. What a nice turn of phrase you have there, sir. They're a scholar and a gentleman. Uh, Marty says, guilty. Um, I've got a um, problem with hard drives and... Um, caddies at the moment it's uh, bloody irritating but let me just see if i can find uh guilty about uh, do that and boom guilty 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 yep, guilty 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 a lot of them uh let's just see there's uh emails there um not a donor uh, I'll check the other payment processors. Is anyone not the Jew? Oh, there's uh, there's uh, people. We can have a, a, a litany of uh, GD batches. What if I do that? Ah, <laughs> you had enough? Uh, I don't know again who that was. I can uh, look at the uh, region. We'll find out who's being uh, generous today. Uh, let's see, boop, 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 boop. um, Florida again, shout out to Florida, um, thank you, thank you very much for the, uh, support there, and, uh, who else do we have here, uh, the Bay Area, um, thank you, much, much appreciated, um, such a beautiful part of the United States, ah! Overrun, overrun with lunatics. Uh, right, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, the, the um, RNA. Let's, let's just see what we're looking at here. Um, higher effects on functional compensation with destructive ribosomal RNA structure of the anti-SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination. Interesting. Uh, let's see. A significant destruction in ribosomal RNA structures was identified, enhanced by serial shots. Unlike the destruction caused by chemotherapy with platinum 2 complex, progressive destruction in 18S ribosome was identified even at 18, even at six months. Holy shit, man. After vaccination, the influence resulted in massive inhibition of translation and transcription, significantly in intra-interneural signaling transfer and in lipid metabolism. <laughs> yeah, all the things that we're talking about, all these things would lead to dementia. Say I, I say I get no joy from being right. You wouldn't think that looking at my reaction, but this, this, I, I, I need, I need to, um, I, need, I need to do this in more, more detail. But um, yeah, uh, very, very uh, interesting paper. Thank you, thank you for that. Right, so let's. We, 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 I'm trying to cover the. I still haven't done this clip, have I? Um, I wanted to do this with Armchair Warlord. <laughs> this just. I'll do it now. Um. <laughs>
based that the conscripting um you're in forever war and the other side is conscripting best get your spam before the shit hits the fan <laughs> why the fuck are you screaming like women Uh, yeah, I would imagine the security would be uh, piling in. Uh, there were I had a link for uh, a recruitment uh, officer being um, shot uh, <laughs> for conscripting. Um, these are big turbulent events, folks. And yeah, like I say, our focus is to buy warfare. But uh, Ayahuasca Man says, Kev, I'm getting drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scream like a woman when you get there. Я пытаюсь вам рассказать. Вы не даете, вы орёте. Я говорю, вы все военные мужики. You're in the army now. Oh, you're in the army now. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, excuse me, uh, Captain. How fucked are we? Let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm signing up. Fuck these kaffers. Um, all right. Uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Well, sometimes you've got to be both. Uh, let's see. The hanging picture looks a bit crooked. Uh, a bunch of wankers. Uh, I miss Brezhnev. Hmm. All right. That's so. We've been covering the biowarfare documents. We had the accusations laid out by uh, Ukraine. We we then looked at this <laughs> this document. Black and Veatch Metabiota. Just to remind you, ah, just uh, think this. Think this collage. Think of Nathan Wolf grabbing a big piece of Gislaine's uh, ass as he's thinking about the after party. He's sick fucks. What? <laughs> Anyway, we looked at that. We then looked at uh, <laughs> Ukraine's Ukraine's One Health dismissal of uh, Russia's concerns, and basically, One Health being that oh well, we've got to look for this stuff because uh, it's all part of our uh, health posture and uh, looking after the environment. And there's nothing to worry about here. It's the same as done everywhere else. It's just a, it's an internal program. Of course, we have some collaboration with uh, other other labs around the world, but so does everyone else. Don't worry about that. But you know, it's just it's just surveillance. And I'd make the argument to you that um, <laughs> the DoD. 
those that have the capability, those that uh, are extending out the theoretical frameworks, the hypothetical frameworks upon which they operate, um, could be uh, thinking about how best to utilize these agents within the environment such that they can, uh, how do they put it in the diffuse uh, arguments, uh, give advantages to the warfighter. But, oh no, Ukraine says they're, they're not doing any of that. It's just observation. What's this next bit of evidence we've got here? <laughs> so, United States Department of Agriculture. Go look at Mark Housatonic's live work at how that department plays such a critical role in the development of biowarfare agents. They can test all kinds of uh, on those animals. You want diseases that target animals. You want to make people hungry. You want to degrade their ability to survive your uh, insults. And, and the USDA is balls deep. We know this. Uh, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services, Veterinary Service, National Center for Import and Export. Hmm. Now, can't they, can't they just be surveilling in Ukraine? Saying, oh, uh, excuse me, world, we've got a little bit of uh, Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever going on. There's a travel advisory warning. No need to worry. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for it to burn out and then uh, everything will be A-OK. -okay. But one of the bigger accusations made against these programs is that they were using diplomatic cover to shuttle pathogens um organisms of interest into and out of countries but oh no 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 you you're a you're a conspiracy crank if you're uh if you're thinking along those lines you can't think like that how dare you Kevin Beggs, a good first name, I guess, at uh, the CDC, May 21st, 2015, uh, just after the Maidan uh, revolution, if you want to call it revolution, uh, your USD veterinary permit to import and or transport controlled materials, organism, organisms or vectors accompanies this cover letter. So the Russians at this, uh, well, I forget the name of the conference, biological and to something toxins. Let's see. Uh, stop crime, bacterial and toxin weapons and their destruction. But anyway, this uh, meeting in Geneva that was, uh, well, 26th of August and 5th of 9th of September. Um the Ruskies keep bringing evidence to the table. We keep turning over evidence that just doesn't look good. I hate being in this position, having to um, cast, asp it's not aspersions, but um, breaking over the, the steaming pile uh, of bad actors and bad science that we've allowed to grow and fester and develop the those health economics <laughs> professors at Harvard who just don't have an opinion, even though hundreds of thousands of elderly are dead in their homes. He, he doesn't want to posit an opinion on the origin of SARS-CoV-2. All right, oot, no more. You're fired. Let it burn. Let it burn.
Uh, Kev, please explain what a vector is. A vector is anything that will carry disease in a particular direction. So a tick is a uh, vector. So you can put your Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever into a tick. You can get those little glass pipettes, stick them down with uh, blue tack and uh, pump them full of viruses. And then you get a drone and then you just drop them over areas where you want to make it harder for the enemy to walk through. Why do you think they all wear those balaclavas and they're all gloved up as they're fighting across Ukraine at the moment? <laughs> because they know that there are these agents out in the field. Eight people of vectors. We'll say. Well, one, no pufters. Um, let's see, where were we? Uh, review this permit carefully before signing. The statements and language may have changed to reflect the requirements of newly published regulations. Please note the following. Review the import permit for errors. Should you identify any errors, please contact our office immediately. Your signature is required to validate the permit as provided on on the permit application, VS Form 16.3. Your signature certifies that you understand and will abide by all restrictions and precautions specified on the permit. Without your signature, the permit is invalid and your shipment will not be allowed entry through a US port of arrival. Held shipments are subject to compliance fees and delays. Signed copy of the permit must accompany every shipment. Do not send the signed permit back to this office. Contact our office with any questions. You know, oh, we can give them a call. I've got questions. Can I call that number? <laughs> what happens if I call that number? <laughs> let's try. Uh, let's see. Uh, US number, right? Calls and make a call, new call. Uh, no, what's, what's going on with the uh, other? Oh, uh, let's do this United States. Ah. All right, so. You've reached the U.S. Department of Agriculture, APHIS, Veterinary Services, located in Riverdale, Maryland. Please listen carefully as our menu has recently changed. Uh -oh. For assistance with pet travel into or out of the United States, please press 1. For assistance with movement of live animals into or out of the United States, please press 2. For assistance with movement of animal products, byproducts, or organisms and vectors into or out of the United States, please press either 3 or 4. For all other issues, or to hear these options again, please press 5. Uh, I'll try 5. Hello. You've reached the U.S. Department of Agriculture, APHIS, Veterinary Services, located in Riverdale, Maryland. Please listen carefully as our menu has recently changed. Next. For assistance with pet travel into or Let's out of four. the United States, no human beings exist anymore. Oh, they just hung up. <laughs> oh, all right. Let the tracking commence. <laughs> I don't care. Good afternoon, USDA and all products. 
Uh, hi there. Um, I have a few questions, uh, technical questions. Um, I'm hoping that you can answer. Um, it would be about uh, the transport of uh, organisms uh, into the United States. Th th this would be in for academic institute. Okay, let me give you the email address to the medical officer. Mm -hmm. Is there a number that I could call? No, there isn't. Uh, okay. Um, yes, if you could give me the email. Okay, it's API. A P I E. A P I E. At U S D A. Dot. Gov. Dot gov. Thank you. Um, I, I may, maybe you. It, it's it's such a uh, trivial uh, question, but um, to bring um, bacterial specimens uh, into the United States, um, ha, do you know what the fees are and the process to uh, to get the application processed? The application is is one hundred and fifty dollars. I see. And uh, if there's a containment level on these uh, bacteria. Um, is there a extra step that we need to go through? That's a question for the medical officer. All right. We need to know more specifics. Um, and the only way to contact them is via email. That's correct. Okay. Well, well, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where was I? So. CDC are shuttling in and out these organisms. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. <laughs> Controlled materials. Uh, right. So what, what do we have next? United States technical briefing to the article. Five consultative meeting under biological text. How long is this one? Oof, this is a lot of dense text. Uh, I'll do this in the next stream. I, I, I do want to get to the... Um, the amyloid paper i think it's important that's uh, i would say it's the key issue that we have to explore have they weaponized amyloidosis or protein misfolding let's let's have a more broader description preenopathy preenergic mechanisms how about that um tell them that their refrigerator is running <laughs> hello watch list my old friend well uh, we're watching them, right? God, I love the internet. <laughs> just carry the shit in, in your pocket. Oh, why not just sprinkle it on some poo and tread in it? And then you, then you can be a right obnoxious bastard on the plane. So people can keep going, oh, what's that? <laughs> Something stinks. Uh, so we'll, we'll skip that. There's a whole, like I said, there's a whole bunch of um, papers that we, oh, maybe, let, let's, let, here's a short one. Um, BWC formal consultative meeting, final report, advanced version. As agreed on the informal meeting held on 27th July 2022 and subsequently confirmed in letter sent by Ambassador Aidan Little of United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland to all states parties on 28th July 2022, the formal consultative meeting of states parties to the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention requested by the Russian Federation was convened at the Palais des Nations Geneva on 26th of August 2022 by the De Repository governments. The meeting was reconvened from the 5th to 9th of September 2022. The state's parties held eight meetings during that period under the chairmanship of Ambassador 
Georgi Molnar of Hungary, who was elected on 5th of September 2022. Hello, you've reached Kevin. Hi, this call is to inform you that DirecTV has changed the orbital location of the satellite, because of which many of our customers <laughs> might lose their TV service. <laughs> they want to check that it's a real number and then they'll put, uh, they'll put a stupid DirecTV, uh, NSA. Uh, <laughs> what do they think we are? But <laughs> orbital strike. <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> in accordance with understandings of the letter dated 28th of July from Ambassador Little, the formal consultative meeting took place in private and only states, parties and signatory states the convention participated. Uh, sorry, uh, we as the paying public who pay your salaries want to know what's going on in these meetings. You're literally dragging us into Armageddon. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... <laughs> Kevin is Kangs. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Um, in addition, there was no public broadcast of the formal consultative meeting and no summary records were prepared. Oh, that really inspires confidence, doesn't it? <laughs> Wonderful. States, parties and signatory states could request that their national positions or other documents be published on the BWC website as official working papers of the meetings. State parties adopted agenda. What does this say? Advanced version. Okay. Uh, adopted the agenda of formal consultative. Why does Steen accept? Uh, let's see. Support and agreed to be guided by provisional program. States parties decided to apply mutatis mutandis, the rules of procedure of the eighth review. I'm not sure. Uh, I think we looked at this before, but what is uh, mutatis mutandis? When comparing two or more cases or situations, making necessary alterations while not affecting the main point at uh, issue. What is true to undergraduate teaching in England is equally true, mutatis mutandis, of American graduate schools. How dare they? I, I, I protest. Um, <laughs> ah, what's that one? <laughs> Hashtag, they always come through. The Jew. <laughs> what is this? What is this? I've got to just go down a rabbit hole now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Looked interesting. Right. Um, so where was I? Where was I? Oh, yeah, we were reading that. Um, that document. Yeah, final report. The following 89 states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... The rules of procedure of the eighth review conference. Okay, 
And let's see. The following signatory states convention also participated in the meeting, Syrian Arab Republic. On 5th September 2022, the meeting heard under agenda item 6 the presentation by the Russian Federation of its Article 5 consultation request regarding respective outstanding fulfillment of their respective obligations under the convention in the context of the operation of biological laboratories in Ukraine. See relevant working papers on 5 and 6th September 2022. The meeting heard the response by the delegations of Ukraine and the United States. Uh, each delegation then made further statements amplifying points raised in their statements on 7th september 2022 the meeting considered the issues for which the meeting was requested by the russian federation and heard national statements from the following 42 states long list uh let's see there one signature straight also took the floor syrian arab republic well they've been on the receiving end of uh, what should we say color revolution uh, ch chemical warfare at least um the um, United States and Ukraine states parties welcome the fact that the delegations of the Russian Federation and Ukraine and the United States have sought to clarify their positions with respect to the concerns raised by the Russian Federation. States parties noted that the consultation was fully in conformity with the conclusions of the final document of the Fed Review relevant to the application of Article 5 of the Convention. No consensus was reached regarding the outcome of the formal consultative meeting. A list of official documents of the formal consultative meeting, including the working papers submitted to state parties, is contained in Annex 2 to this report. Through United Nations official document system. At closing, uh, the meeting adopted its report by consensus as contained in document. Um, well, there you go. If someone wants to deep dive uh, that steaming pile. Um, All right, let's do some science. Uh, I, like I said, I've only looked at the uh, title of this paper. Uh, the style of this channel is just for me to read through, uh, give commentary as I try to wrap my head around the data and uh, the hypothesis and the supporting data that they're presenting. Um, Kev, can you try to look up Peter Dazak's dad, please? Yeah, we know about his dad being uh, essentially um, Galician Brigade and um, uh, probably a paperclip. Uh, so, with um, it's it's all very very sketchy. Let's see abstract. <laughs> The coronavirus pandemic and the resulting long-term neurological complications in patients, I warned you from the beginning, known as long COVID, have renewed the interest in the correlation between viral infections and neurodegenerative brain disorders. Now, why do I keep banging on about prion disorders? Because we look at these states now in the neurosciences as protein-misfolding disease states, some more aggressive than others, but there does seem to be unifying heuristics that we can draw from across different disease, diseases that are classified by neurologists. And I'm of the opinion that you'll find that these viral particles, and that there's many that we know are neurotropic, tropic, sorry. And I would, I would make the argument that there are toxic epitopes that, that circulate around as these viruses get chewed up and they're designed to inflict 
uh, or uh, assault the organism so that the the there's a level of inflammation and uh, uh, stress on the organism that would that would provide advantage to the virus and in the process lead to these um, over disease states and uh, again it's it's the it's the virus and and its fragmentary parts after it's gone through um, encounter with um, any enzymes that are going to try and chew it up, any chemicals that are sort of thrown at it uh, and break it apart. And this is this has been a working hypothesis in my domain for a long, long time. And amyloid is perhaps a response to these toxic epitopes. That maybe they're there to sort of catch them and prevent them from disseminating more around the brain. And, you know, like any um, defensive mechanism in the body, it can potentially skew out of control, I guess. Like blood clotting can. And it'll depend on your many, many factors. I'm not going to get into them right now. Maybe it'll be part of this paper. I don't think long COVID is a thing anymore. Oh, I beg to disagree. Uh, while many viruses can reach the central nervous system causing acute or chronic infections such as herpes simplex, uh, the lack of clear mechanistic link between virus and protein aggregation into amyloids, a characteristic of several neurodegenerative diseases, has rendered such a connection elusive. Recently, we showed that viruses can induce aggregation of purified amyloidogenic proteins via the direct physiochemical mechanisms of heterogeneous nucleation. Again, what that means is, is that the surface epitopes are enough to trigger these repetitive oligomers to start sticking together. And again, what's defense mechanism versus disease spinning out of control? We don't know. We literally don't know. There may be some that just don't precipitate out like the canonical proteins that we do look at. We don't know. And anyone who tells you that, um, oh, that, that question's been resolved, especially with respect to gene transfection technologies, it hasn't. <laughs> and you, you're going to need some mad bastard like myself to get in there and um, answer that question. Because many, many institutes will, will not want to go there. Why? Because it's full of lick spittles like that retard from uh, Harvard. Uh, let me just check this. Um, oh, I got an email from Andrew Kaufman. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> let's do this. And, oh. uh, Tona, uh, thank you very much. Um, you can have a, uh, well, you can have a, uh, wow. Thank you. And uh, a. Uh, what about this one? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's keep diving in. Uh, in the current study, we show that the incubation of herpes simplex virus and SARS-CoV-2 with human cerebrospinal fluid leads to the amyloid aggregation of several proteins notably involved in neurogenerative diseases, such as APLP1, amyloid beta precursor-like protein, APOE, 
that's the apolipoprotein, clusterin, alpha-2 macroglobulin, PGK1, phosphoglycerate kinase 1, celluloplasmin, nucleolin, 1433. 1433 is, uh, again, one of those proteins. It, it seems quite ubiquitous in the central nervous system. It's... Uh, it's one of the signatures that we'll look for for Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Elevated 1433 is a, is a good indicator that you're developing spongiform encephalopathy. Um, and I know it looks like an odd name in, in that long list. Transithrosin. Ithritin, sorry. Uh, vitronectin. Again, pay attention to the number of proteins that seem to be in, impacted by these agents. It's, it's not just three or four. There's many, m and many, many more to discover. And I, <laughs> I'm telling you, they learned how to leverage preanopathy, preanergic mechanisms. That's what we're looking at here. There's no, uh, uh, we had a little email exchange earlier. There's no point tiptoeing around the bush anymore. We have to call it out as we see it. Um, importantly, <laughs> UV inactivation of SARS-CoV-2 does not affect its ability to induce amyloid aggregation. There you go. That's precisely the effects that you would you you look for from the classic prion disorders, the scrapey the scrapey prions. It's it's uh, it's resistance to inactivation. Now, which particular amyloid in uh, sorry peptide sequence in this experiment is problematic? We're not sure yet. They're just saying the virus itself could be the spike protein and again who checked who checked the uh the preanopathies where's that data what they're just going to do eight rats <laughs> uh says i'll send more money in october kev for you well thank you um any any support from uh anyone in the audience it's much pre it goes into the science and you'll see over the coming days um as i as i gear up to do the experiments i'm going to take some of this gene transfection technology and let's see how effective it is at inducing these uh protein misfolding events i think it's going to be an interesting experiment Uh, let's see, I wanted to do this, and do this, and boom. And, oh, I've got a, uh, another one there. just want to say thank you to, um, Landon, Landon Town. Thank you for the support there. It goes to the science. You're, uh, it, it <laughs> leans into helping humanity. And uh, let's see, we had, I think I had another one. Let's look here. Did I call this one out? Um, Florida. Um, I might have called that one out, but uh, again, Florida, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, for not doing it through PayPal based. 
All right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not susceptible to UV inactivation. That should be ringing fucking alarm bells right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, as amyloid fo formation is dependent on viral surface catalysis, uh, catalysis, yeah, via what did they call that? Heterogeneous nucleation, and not its ability to replicate. So once those peptides are present, it just has to be coming into contact with that long list of proteins that are susceptible, and that list could go on and on and on. We probably just haven't developed the techniques yet. Or we're just not looking. It's such a bleeding edge of, of our current public science. Average show that virus can physically induce amyloid aggregation of proteins in human CSF and thus providing a potential mechanism that may account for the association between persistent and latent reactivating brain infections and neurodegenerative diseases. Precisely the thing that I've been calling out from the beginning. Have they, have they just taken the decision to weaponize these processes? Did they understand them at this fundamental level? Like I said, I can tell you what was happening in the public domain, but you know the, the, the amount of monkeys that I could burn through, the DOD, again, has infinite resources to throw at that problem, and they're looking at all, all the effects. Listen to the interviews I've done with Nick. Just how far back these primate programs go. And these were serious people doing the analysis. <laughs> you know... You get keyed in on monkey behavior. You realize when something's gone wrong. And we've, we've been able to look down at the molecular level for many decades now. And we're in this exponential phase of um, biotechnology. Uh, it's going a bit like computing is. With our ability to get in and uh, manipulate at this fundamental level. Uh, let's see, the pandemic is uh, estimated to cause 6 million deaths worldwide. Well, imagine that number. While lockdown measures and vaccines helped ameliorate the acute impact of the pandemic, millions of people continue to suffer from post-acute COVID syndrome, what is commonly known as COVID. And the vaccines, there's data which shows, are not that effective in stopping this, this longer-term response. Now, you know, there could be an argument that says, well, the gene transfection technologies might might prevent the more acute phases like the odds but it might predispose you to these longer term incapacitating states if you're if you're young and you get shunted into this neurodegenerative pattern your your, your life is a misery I can attest to that i've been through it a few times accelerated aging you can think of it as Uh, many of the symptoms associated with long COVID are neurological in nature, such as fatigue, frequent headaches, so-called brain fog, which includes difficulties with memory and concentration. The large and increasing number of people with post-COVID neurological symptoms has renewed their interest in the link between viruses and neurodegenerative brain disorders. There have been similar findings with other post-viral syndromes, including herpes simplex virus and its link to Alzheimer's disease, and likewise for influenza virus and Parkinson's disease. More recently, a strong link has been found between Epstein-Barr virus and multiple sclerosis. However, several factors have complicated the understanding of the connection between viruses and neurodegeneration, including 1. 
The prevalence of viral infection is usually much higher than the prevalence of neurodegenerative diseases. For example, while nearly two-thirds of the human population have been infected with HSV, the prevalence of AD is less than 2%. The latent or persistent nature of viral brain fog infections, which usually involves alternating cycles of latency and activation, together with the long course of neurodegenerative diseases, make it difficult to establish acute temporal causal links. Exactly what you would want in a stealth incapacitating agent. That's a key feature. And again, the, um, the, the diagnosis of, of canonical Alzheimer's, there's a, there's a blurry spread between these conditions. And some people, again, there's many, many factors involved. Don't have time to go through all of them. But the, the 2% number is, is a little bit, um, this is old school type of thinking. There's a lack of mechanism linking viral infections to amyloid aggregates, a hallmark of neurodegenerative disease. Again, I'm, I'm not so sure that's the case. I think, I think we do have good handles. There are many, many different uh, pathways. Listen to the roundtable and uh, Walter and George's, uh, George's, um, Sparkus' uh, description of some of these pathways. The Fenton reaction. For example, the the release of or the dysregulation of iron and its buildup in the brain. I showed you my um, MRI. Now, like I say, I got uh, I got hit with post COVID. What do I have? A signature for iron buildup in a discrete region of the brain. It is what it is. <laughs> you still got to lean into it. You still got to get up every day. You still got to take a breath every time you can. Do that. You keep you keep pushing forward. <laughs> in in this fight, it might maybe just be enough to get the thumb in the eye and just twist it a little bit. <laughs> Let them know that we know. The first two factors relate to the nature of viral infections of the brain and its immune response to viruses. Since excessive inflammation can lead to irreparable neuronal damage, the brain evolved as an immune privileged organ where immune responses are tightly balanced and limited in magnitude and duration to prevent tissue damage. Thus, while viral access to the brain is generally restricted by physical barriers, skull and meninges, and physiological barriers, the blood-brain barrier, the viruses that manage to reach the brain benefit from the immune privilege and establish long-term, latent, non-replicating or persistent low-level replication infections, which can be reactivated depending on the genetic background and the immune status of the host. Furthermore, the non-replicating or low-level replication of latent or persistent infections makes it very difficult to accurately quantify viral presence in the brain. Yeah, you've literally got to get in there and scoop a bit out. I've been in surgical procedures where we're putting in deep brain electrodes. But they'll, they'll take a bit of cortex. They'll take a little sample. Because they're, they're looking for this. Uh, however, differential reactivation patterns across individuals may explain the prevalence gap between viral infections and neurodegenerative diseases, where some people are more susceptible than others to the long-term effects of chronic infections. Look, man, some people suffer from hay fever, others don't. I've never had a problem with it. Well, I did have one problem with it one time, and it was when I went to work in Austria. And, I, I you know what I had? 
I had vaccination for tick-borne encephalitis because I was working in the forests. And I had all sorts of immune problems that I never had before. Suddenly became immune, uh, allergic to cats. Um, let me just do this. No, not that. Mm. No, I did that. That. And, oh, I got another one. Um, uh, so I can do, uh, what, what, what alert can I do? Um, let's let's do this. Uh... <laughs> you had enough? Now oh, John's generous today. Thank you. Um, what about unvaxxed people who got long COVID? What are future outlooks for them? It depends. It depends. But what we do know is is that the the number is high right now. Now look, there may be some malingering um, going on. There's <laughs> crackers everywhere, right? But the I don't, it's hard to hide the neurological data that we're seeing. And it's it's there. You predict it from first principles. It's why I've tried to sit here every day to, to, to warn people what's coming. And the simple fact is both, both sides of the equation potentially lead to this. Mitigate, mitigate exposure till we understand better. Uh, Kev, what I know if you have autoimmune W2F and get the jab, it goes brrr. Yeah, just don't, don't do them. I wish I'd never got that tick encephalitis thing, but I had to, I had to say, oh, I've done it. Can I have my summer job, please? Uh, let's see. Did this, did this. Additionally, more sensitive detection methods are helping to better spatially and temporally correlate viruses with particular neurodegenerative pathologies. For example, RNA scope, a highly sensitive in situ RNA hybridization method, has recently been utilized to differentiate between latent and lytic transcripts in human brain tissue and in the brains of uh, Alzheimer mouse models infected with herpes simplex, a result that was not attainable by normal uh, quantitative PCR, I guess that is. The same technique was used to show that SARS-CoV-2 infects cortical neurons in the brain of a subgroup of COVID-19 patients and induces Alzheimer-like neuropathology, including amyloid aggregation. Additionally, the proximity of the appearance of neurological symptoms to SARS-CoV-2 infection and the availability of large data sets from patients are enabling better causal correlations to be made. This has been demonstrated recently in a study of UK biobank participants, which identified significant longitudinal effects of SARS-CoV-2 infection on the brains of infected individuals, such as a reduction in grey matter thickness and global brain volume compared to controls. The third factor that put into question viral involvement in neurodegenerative disease was the early finding that brain material inactivated by exposure to ultraviolet light can induce amyloid aggregation and neurodegeneration when inoculated into naive brains. This is called amyloid seeding. This is something we have known about for a long time. It's the reason why we've changed our protocols for when we're doing the uh, the, uh, autopsies on patients who have died from neurological diseases. We consider those brains infective now. You have to do them under BSL-2.
Since UV light inactivates nucleic acids, the agent-inducing amyloid protein aggregation was hypothesized to be non-viral in nature, protein-only prion, since viruses require nucleic acids for propagation. Protein-only prions are hypothesized to carry the conformational information required to template the transformation of normal proteins into amyloids. However, we have demonstrated earlier that viruses, including herpes simplex and RSV... <laughs> What's what's it called? Carisa virus. Chimpanzee Carisa virus. Right. Again, a product of these programs. Go back, listen to the interviews that I've done with Nick. Uh, let's see. Aggregation of amyloidogenic proteins via physico-chemical mechanisms of heterogeneous nucleation. Preenergic. That's the word you're looking for. In the absence of a protein seed acting as a conformational template, recently we outlined a theoretical framework that governs this process, illustrating that amyloid formation is a spontaneous folding event that is thermodynamically favorable under conditions of supersaturation, supersaturation and nucleation and not a templated replication process. Interesting. Interesting. So implying, implying that the environment caused by these peptide fragments are enough to start causing these um, changes in, in protein solubility. We have also recently demonstrated that due to the highly stable and inert nature of amyloids, toxicity in amyloid pathologies might be more dependent on protein sequestration in the insoluble amyloid form, loss of function toxicity, rather than direct toxicity from the aggregates, gain of function toxicity. Interesting. It's probably worth just going and uh, reading um, the work from this lab that they're citing. Uh, in the current study, we show that HSV1 and UV-inactivated SARS-CoV-2 induce amyloid aggregation of proteins in human cerebrospinal fluid ex vivo. Using mass spectrometry-based proteomics to analyze the virus-induced amyloids, we identify several proteins that have previously been found in plaques from patients with neurodegenerative diseases. Our results indicate that viruses are mechanistically capable of directly triggering amyloid aggregation of proteins in human CSF. We have the capacity to go and do these, this type of proteonomics. We'll be trying in the next, well, let's, let's see how much we can get out in the next few weeks. Let's, let's see if we can budge the needle a little bit. Because these bastards are getting away with it right now. They've gaslit you. They've, <laughs> they've pushed people like me into the corner where I've got no other, no other responses open to me than this railing at the camera every day, trying to get the point out. And, you know, it's, it's great that this paper is out, looking at the virus. I, I, love, I love it. I'm really happy. It, it, was my, it was a big part of my career trying to understand these mechanisms. And, and making them happen in primates. Why? Because we want to find therapeutics. Um, and that reminds me, I, I would like to just take a wee break. I'll be back in a second, folks.
أجر فرق بالنصر المبين دولة الإسلام قامت والأخفى Alright, uh, let's see. Uh, our results indicate the virus is a mechanistically capable of directly triggering amyloid aggregation of proteins in human CSF. Results. Determine whether viral particles can catalyze amyloid aggregations of proteins in a complex human biofluid at their native concentration, we incubated live HSV1 virus and UV-inactivated SARS-CoV-2 virus with CSF harvested from healthy individuals. We trace the ability of the viruses to induce amyloid formation using the fireflavin THT assay, where THT fluorescence is enhanced upon binding to amyloid fibrils. This is a technique that we can try. Uh, both viruses were able to induce amyloid aggregation of proteins in the CSF, while CSF with no virus added did not display any substantial signal for increasing amyloid aggregation over time. But don't worry, folks, viruses aren't real. Those peptide sequences are just your body cleansing itself. Uh, additional controls including non-infected cell medium and virus only produced a much lower signal which is similar to what we reported earlier with purified amyloidogenic proteins. The maximum THT fluorescent enhance obtained from the viral treated CSF was significantly higher than all the controls. In addition, we used transmission electron microscopy to visualize amyloid formation induced by the viruses in the CSF. Again, another technique that we'll be able to use in the next few weeks. We found multiple fibrilla amyloid structures interacting at the surface of HSV1 and SARS-CoV-2, suggestive of surface-mediated catalytic nucleation events. Um, let's have a look here. HSV, CSF, non-infected medium plus CSF, HSV only, CSF. Uh, SARS-CoV-2 plus CSF and... Uh, I wish they'd put them on the same scales. It's not as uh, serious uh, or it's not as impactful as HSV. But why didn't they do HSV inactivated with uh, UV light? But um, very, very interesting um, pictures here. And you can see this is viral particle and you can see amyloid structures beginning to branch off it. The structure of the virus itself in that medium is causing these proteins to aggregate and, and spread out. And it's, it's a seeding event. And this is, again, it's a strong contender for a functional hypothesis to be wrapping our minds around what's happening in neurodegeneration. And this could be one of the key mechanisms. Southern Magnolia says COVID long haul clinics and doctors are being restricted. Only five in the US at present. Luckily, my MD didn't even bring up the thing. Look, we have a potential therapy to hand as well. Stem cell derived neurotrophic, not neurotrophic, cytokine signaling factors. I will be able to test that as well. Again, it, I just I need support to be able to keep coming and, and doing um, all, all this stuff. That's that's it. Um, when I when I think how much uh, resources have been wasted, 
over the last two and a half years whilst I've watched this slow motion train wreck occur. <laughs> Literally from the beginning. Uh, let's see. HSV1 SARS-CoV-2 induced amyloid aggregation of proteins in CSF. CSF was incubated with HSV1A. Um, is that a herpes simplex virus? Or UV inactivated SARS-CoV-2 and THT solution. Fluorescence was measured at 440 nanometers excitation and 480 nanometers emission over 48 hours at 37 degrees C. Uh, with CSF from two different individuals are shown. Uh, 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 negatively stained TEM images of HSV or UV inactivated SARS-CoV-2 incubated with CSF for 48 hours. White arrows indicate viral particles. And again, look at these structures spanning away from the virus. Now, I wish they could have built up a montage of um, these fibrils and seen other viruses. Now, you can make the argument that the amyloid fibrils are trapping the virus. Maybe. It might, again, it might be a, an adaptive response that just gets out of control. So proteomic analysis, the viral-induced amyloid aggregates. So some Western blotting and some uh, mass spectrometry, probably. To characterize the proteins present in amyloid fractions, we collected and purified the amyloid aggregates induced by the viruses. We applied a protocol that involved using 4% SDS to remove the associated non-amyloid proteins, followed by washing, centrifugation, then solubilization of the amyloid fraction in 99% formic acid, which is among the few reagents that can solubilize the highly stable amyloid structures. In the proteomic analysis, we found that a large set of proteins was enriched in the virus-induced amyloid fractions compared to those present in untreated CSF. In total, 279 proteins were enriched in the virus-induced amyloid fractions compared to untreated CSF. More than 40% and equals 113 of the enriched proteins were shared in the amyloid fractions induced by both viruses, while about 37% were unique for the HSV-induced amyloid fraction and 23% and equals 64 unique for the SARS-CoV-2-induced amyloid fraction. The large overlap between the sets of protein enriched by the two viruses indicates that certain proteins in the CSF are more vulnerable to their aggregation catalysts, most likely due to their high expression close to their supersaturation levels. Previous proteomic studies have shown that a multitude of proteins can be found in amyloid plaques harvested from patients. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This paper's great. <laughs> nice paper. We found 135 proteins previously reported in plaques harvested from 80 patients, including established components such as APLP1, amyloid beta precursor protein, APOE, clusterin, alpha-2 macroglobulin. Moreover, we identify proteins that have been linked to PD, such as ceruloplasmin, nucleolin, nucleolin sorry, 1433, and PGK, phosphoglycerate kinase 1, and proteins related to other amyloid pathologies, including transithrin and vitronectin. These results demonstrate that viral particles can efficiently catalyze the amyloid aggregation of a plethora of proteins in human CSF. Boom. It transcends, it goes far beyond one man. This needs to be fought against. This cannot be taken lying down. 
You're just going to keep letting them get away, gaslighting you all the time, letting them shut down people like myself. They've been trying to warn you. Is that what's going to happen? While viruses have long been implicated in neurodegenerative disease, it's been difficult to establish a mechanistic link. However, the large number of patients developing post-COVID neurological symptoms and the extensive data available from studying COVID-19 patients are starting to shed light on the possible causative role of viruses in chronic neurological disorders. And again, <laughs> this comes down to the peptides as well. They've just looked at the whole virus. Let's have a look at the peptides that were expressed. This is the experiment that we'll be doing. <laughs> I would be very surprised if we don't get a hit. Truly. I, I would be more concerned about my uh, rusty techniques than, than the theoretical at this point. Uh, Lisa Lister says, you've done more than Tridoc. You have fervent followers. Ah. Hello, all right, so where was I? Um, a recent longitudinal study of 785 UK biobank participants demonstrated that SARS-CoV-2 infection led to a significant reduction in grey matter thickness and global brain volume, in addition to greater cognitive decline in infective individuals compared to non-infected controls. These longitudinal results corroborated previous observations about the detrimental effects of SARS-CoV-2 infection on the brain and cognition of infected individuals. Furthermore, in older adults aged greater than 65 years, COVID-19 patients were shown to have significantly higher risk for a new diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease within 360 days after the initial COVID-19 diagnosis in comparison with age match controls. Moreover, results from recent studies in animal models and in brain tissue of COVID-19 patients suggest that SARS-CoV-2 infection of the brain is associated with amyloid protein aggregation. In addition, several SARS-CoV-2 proteins have been shown to have amyloidogenic potential. Similar findings have been previously demonstrated for herpes simplex, where HSV-1 reaction was shown to increase Alzheimer's risk, and HSV-1 infection was shown to induce amyloid aggregation in animal models. Thus, in parallel with the advancements in etiology connecting viruses to neurodegenerative disease, it's also important to uncover the pathophysiological mechanisms linking the two. Uh, I guess these are links are or... or proteins and the genes what's this proteins enriched in viral induced amyloid fractions differentially expressed proteins detected in both SARS-CoV-2 induced human or HSV-1 induced amyloid fractions compared to control um, let's see proteins detected both SARS-CoV-2 induced and HSV uh, it's, it's too tiny in my uh, it's tired. It's 10 past 5 in the morning I can't tease that one apart. Um, but suffice to say that the techniques are identifying different protein expression profiles dependent upon the exposure that it receives to these amyloid aggregating agents. And you want to go transfecting kids with it? Crystal Shaman says, I'm looking to how to fix this. I think I have a solution. It's the growth factors. It's other peptides. Everything else I've tried has not worked. 
Well, maybe there's little bits of benefit, but the the growth factors is something that we will test objectively in these test platforms. And then maybe we can get to the monkey. Maybe someone will be interested enough to lay down the money for me to be able to do that do that project without me. Con this stream should be me doing the experiments, not railing at the camera, trying to be entertaining and rattling a, a, a cup. All right, uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. We have previously shown that viruses can directly induce amyloid aggregation of well-known amyloidogenic proteins, such as amyloid beta peptide, R142, and amylin via this uh, heterogeneous, whatever, whatever, by acting as catalytic surfaces for nucleation. In a recent review, we outlined the physiochemical and thermodynamic basis of this interaction in light of the classical nucleation theory, where the presence of viral surfaces lower the energy barrier for the phase transition of proteins from the soluble form into the solid amyloid form. This phase transition is spontaneous under conditions of supersaturation after crossing the nucleation barrier. Moreover, any protein sequence possesses the information necessary to adopt the amyloid conformation cross beta pleated sheets, with no requirement for a protein seed prion to act as a conformational template. Mm, let's, let's try and tease that one apart. Uh, any protein sequence possesses the information necessary to adopt the amyloid conformation with no requirement for a protein seed prion to act as conformational template, meaning that once the process has started, the proteins themselves can act as the um, aggregators of these um, toxic, well, not, not toxic. Again, I, I'm, I think there's still questions about the nature of this response. Again, it might be the um, molecular equivalent and the central nervous system equivalent of um, clotting. Think like that. Think in those terms. And it gets out of control. In the current study, we show that HSV1 and UV-inactivated SARS-CoV-2 catalyze the amyloid aggregation of a multitude of proteins in their native environment and at their physiological concentration in human CSF. This results further support the notion that protein aggregation is a function of the recipient environment in terms of the concentration of specific proteins that is close to their limit of solubility and their ability to interact with nucleating surfaces. Supersaturation provides the molecular proximity required to favor the generic intermolecular interactions necessary for amyloid formation over the specific intramolecular interactions required for native folding, with the surfaces acting as nucleation sites that catalyze phase transition by lowering the interfacial energy barrier. So just think classic... Um, uh, classic catalysis that you've got something in there that just lowers the thermodynamic energy barrier and you like platinum in this physical sense UV inter in inactivation sorry 
should not and did not prevent SARS-CoV-2 viral particles from catalyzing amyloid nucleation on their surfaces. Indeed, in our current study, both live HSV1 and UV-inactivated SARS-CoV-2 induced amyloid aggregation of a highly overlapping set of proteins. Thus, the resistance of infectious amyloidogenic agents to UV-inactivation, which was demonstrated early on and was taken as evidence of non-viral nature of such agents, should be reconsidered. UV inactivation, while it deactivates viral nucleic acids, does not affect the ability of the virus or other membranous structures to act as catalytic surfaces that induced amyloid aggregation. This is, they're using, uh, how should we say, diplomatic language to say that the spike protein could be doing the same thing. Be very careful. Can I do ground zero tonight, 8 p.m. PST? Um, I can. It's whether I can get Charles and Jonathan and uh, Walter and Spartacus, whether they want to... I, I, I want to go on as a team to discuss this issue. But if they're, if they're ready, I can be ready. But yes, if if the others are ready, I could, like I say, I would I would rather do something that was a little more planned and and more of a special where they can maybe extend out the segment somewhat. But um, you know, we've got to be we've got to be ready to um, act quickly. We've got to leverage this next six weeks. Uh, let's see. Thus, the resistance of infectious amyloid agents to UV inactivation, which was demonstrated, I did that, um, do, 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 and was taken of non-viral nature of such agents, should be reconsidered. UV inactivation, while it deactivates viral nucleic acids, does not affect the ability, I did this, did this, um, Importantly, the ability of viruses to invade the CNS and replicate together with their ability to catalyze amyloid nucleation via HEN make them more likely causes of amyloid aggregation in the brain compared to seed prion transmission, which has been demonstrated only via the artificial procedure of direct injection into the brain. Let me sort of disambiguate that a little bit. It's, it's exposure to the virus particle that seems to be the trigger here than you could say the proteins the prion seeds should they come come via natural routes of exposure and again i would you, you could argue that's why you see these slow progressive diseases and why cutting the vagus nerve is is a good way of preventing um the continued or, or the progression of these disorders as we understand them through something like BRAC staging where you see it progress from the hindbrain to the to the frontal lobes And we'll do intracerebral injection of these technologies. And we'll have a look. And we'll compare one hemisphere to the other. And I bet you, in those brain tissue slices, we find amyloid. And they're using amyloid here as a catch-all for all these different proteins. And if we do, I would say <laughs> it should be fucked. <laughs> Um, all right. 
uh, ever think that cash streams get less traction because the chat is <laughs> maybe maybe but again you're the, it's weird in this space in this um environment because um it's we're, we're right at this convergence of consciousness and the uh, emergent environment it's always like that and you know you have to you have to ask what's the best method to approach this uh metaphysical structure i guess and i i'd like to think of it as a bit like surfing you catch the wave and you ride it in or riding a bike down a hill you're you get in the moment and you and like i say you've got a my approach is is a laid back kind of um let it let it happen type of science other people like extreme ocd like um approaches that's powerful way of doing it too but i've often found that those people tend to be somewhat less um big picture thinkers but you need both you you, you need all sorts to make things um ha uh, happen successfully all people can't be all things Furthermore, we applied mass spectrometry-based proteomics to identify the proteins that were enriched in the amyloid fraction triggered by the two viruses compared to normal CSF proteome. We found several proteins that were induced to form amyloids by HSV1 and SARS-CoV-2, many of which are known to be involved in neurodegenerative diseases and have been reported before to be present in amyloid plaques harvested from patients. For example, APLP1, which is highly homologous to APP, amyloid precursor protein, is present in the plaques in the subiculum and the enterhinal cortex. Enterhinal cortex is the uh, hippocampus, and it, it's part of the limbic structures that have close synaptic projections to olfactory epithelium. It's one of the most ancient senses that we have. You you, you smell emotions if you like. You, the the smell of your environment tells you a lot. It it it's something that in in a way kind of enables you to see behind you, where your eyes don't. What stresses me is the destruction of vagus nerve. Nuclei destruction we know happens due to tryptophan metabolism dysregulation. Uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm less focused on the. You could pick a from a plethora of um, metabolic pathways in which to say that you get down to these misfolding events, and and all of them are important. Maybe some have higher weighting than others. But as a scientist, I'm interested in all. And yeah, tryptophan dysregulation and serotonergic driving or um, hyposerotonergic states and hypodopaminergic states, all, all are implicated in the uh, emergence of these abnormal disease conditions. APOE is very commonly found in amyloid plaques, not only in AD, but also in Kuru and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Oh, look, <laughs> pre-energic mechanisms at play. Imagine that. 
Furthermore, APOE is one of the major genetic risk factors for AD and has been shown to interact with amyloid beta in a variety of ways. The same has been demonstrated for clustering and alpha-2 macroglobulin, which was shown to be associated with amyloid plaques. We also identified other proteins that are often related to PD, for example PGK1, whose deficiency is associated with young onset Parkinsonism, and celluloplasmin and nucleolin, which have been shown to be lower in patients with PD compared to controls. Interestingly, 14 free-free proteins were also identified in the viral-induced amyloid fractions, and it's 14 free-free proteins that, you, that is one of the markers to say that you've got Creutzfeldt-Jakob. Spongiform encephalopathy. Prion disease. The classic prion disease. The 14 free free protein family is highly abundant in the brain, has been found to accumulate within Lewy bodies in PD and in plaques and tangles in Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, disease. They have also been shown to interact with SARS-CoV-2. Moreover, we identify proteins commonly associated with systemic amyloidosis such as transithrin and vitronectin. However, both have also been detected in CNS amyloids. Other proteins identified in the viral-induced amyloid fractions include immuno uh, immunological components, e.g. IgHG1, IgHG2, complement C3, ribosomal proteins, interesting in the fact that we have uh, this uh, paper now, Uh, extracellular matrix proteins, uh, cytoskeleton proteins, heat shock proteins, and proteasome proteins. Yeah, I'm not reading them all out. <laughs> Get tired. While many of these proteins have been detected before in patient-derived plaques, further studies are required to address their contribution to a particular disease. However, many of the amyloid-enriched proteins possess important functions in the brain, which suggest that catalyzing protein aggregation and subsequent depletion and loss of function might be one mechanism by which viruses cause neurodegeneration. We have recently demonstrated that protein depletion and related loss of function is more pathologically important than plaque burden in Alzheimer's disease. That's interesting. So again, this sort of points to uh, the, the plaques as being a correlate, not a cause. And it kind of makes sense because you would you would expect a physiological level of a protein, and if it if it comes under assault via these um, misfunctioning pathways that its level will drop. And it maybe doesn't have to aggregate, it can just disassociate and still remain in solution, but undetectable as the protein that we recognize it, or would recognize it as in a normal state. Depletion of soluble amyloid beta-42 in the CSF, which is a recognized feature of many neurodegenerative disorders, has been demonstrated in patients with post-COVID neurological symptoms, suggesting that protein depletion post-infection might contribute to the neurological symptoms. Further studies examining the levels of more CSF proteins in post-COVID patients compared to controls could reveal additional information on this potential pathophysiological mechanism. In conclusion, we've demonstrated that HSV1 and SARS-CoV-2 induced aggregation of a multitude of proteins in human CSF. We've also demonstrated that UV inactivation does not destroy the ability of viral particles to act as a catalytic surface for amyloid nucleation. Hence, the role of viruses as causative agents of protein aggregation in neurodegeneration needs to be re-evaluated in light of the important catalytic role that play in this process. Understanding the mechanisms by which viruses may cause neurological disorders is especially important due to the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, which has led to a large number of people suffering from long COVID neurological symptoms post-infection. And I don't think that's an accident. 
Sorry, not in the current environment. No way, no how. Never! Uh, let's see. The availability of large and accurate databases of patients together with more sensitive methods to detect viruses in the brain and making the link between the virus infection and neurodegenerative brain disorders more robust, taken together with other mechanisms that might lead to viral-induced brain damage, inflammation, autoimmunity, blood clots. Viral-induced protein aggregation via HEN can contribute to neuronal pathology by catalyzing the aggregation and precipitation of important neuronal proteins. Bravo. Wonderful paper. Pleasure to read. Uh, again, um, d does it shock me or surprise me? No, not really. Um, it's nice to get confirmatory evidence. And we'll, we'll get some soon. And I think you'll find the same mechanisms with transfection. It just stems from first principles. And, you know, I'm not... I, look, if I was, if I was being uh, an evasive, spineless lickspittle, I, would, I wouldn't be telling people the experiments I was going to do. I'd be wanting to get into... I'll do that experiment and get into nature. But no, I would, I would rather disseminate this information. Treat the people that are coming here and watching this as being... You're in the lab meeting. You're watching and having a, a, a say on the direction that we, we go and what what it is that we do. And it's a group effort, endeavor, that's for sure. This stuttering is killing me. Um, you, you're stuttering? Uh, uh, do, 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 do. So let me leap back through the chat. Let's see if we... Uh, got any questions I'll try and answer them uh, let me just uh, call no I don't want that I want this No one's there. Let's see. Let me do this. Can you do uh, what is it? Oh, I'll I'll do this after the stream. Let me let me just try and do the, the questions quick. Uh, Janabi, thank you for the link. Uh, I'll I'll try to check it out again. Um, I, I I have limited bandwidth for um, really really deep stuff regarding you know it's fascinating. I love I love uh, I love talking with uh, Armchair Warlord because um, there's a <laughs> just the level of detail. Uh, um, it uh, pleases the old uh, scientific. Uh, well, sensibilities, I guess you could say. Let's do this. Do this. Let's go back uh, 30 minutes. But, um, Chris, to answer your question, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do the stream so long as I can get others from the round table involved. 
uh, and particularly Charles. Uh, I know about the Russian bats, etc. Um, uh, let's see. I watched a webinar this morning from May 2022, long-haul COVID symptoms and cervical instability overlap and vagus nerve connection. Uh, interesting. Let's see. Um, can we please have Burgle? Um We've had, you'll get burgle at the end. Uh, let's see. I did a YouTube channel about CNS vagus nerve damage from COVID and how it explains much of the issues I gave still going on. Yep. Well, you, you, you have to think of it as a systemic wide impact. me um doc have like trendlings of fungus mold roots um a, a, a little bit uh let's see chris shaman says the medical industry does not want to admit all the wrongdoings they have done uh perhaps uh let's see you want me to call simon i'm looking for how to fix this and others know um well, again, um, I'm I'm going down the peptide stem cell growth factor peptides. I think I think that's an answer. Uh, can you do? Yeah, I'll I'll try and do ground zero. But again, I'm I'm only doing ground zero if I can do it with um, other members of the round table. As an FYI, the vast majority of stem cell harvesting in Ukraine was in the east and for export to Moscow clinics as a black market trade. Um, maybe. But uh, old Meta Biota were there. <laughs> just uh, let's just remind ourselves uh, who who that is. Uh, yes, support Doc McCann. Let me just check if uh, anyone sent a coffee or... Um... Bing, 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 bing. Boop, no. Uh, let me check the WTYL live link. Go on. Can I wing? I feel like, I feel like it's a <laughs> machine. No. Yeah. You all just do... Say, all right. Um, let's see. The Vegas put the Vegas nerve stimulators inside the body. Personally speaking, I would never let them put a device inside of me. Do not trust them anymore. I've seen plenty of people helped by deep brain stimulation. I, you know, I'm careful of just dismissing everything. We've just got a clean house somewhat. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, can we do tonight set up a webinar with everyone yes if we can get people um, uh, let's see monsters can put anything in their pharmaceuticals yep what stresses me is to try I did that um, 
They're trying to shut us down. Maybe. My opinion, it's hard to share the info because most people have no idea what is being said. Somehow some of the info has to be brought down into small bites made for fifth graders. Yeah, maybe. But that's, in, in, in a sense, I've relayed to you these concepts and you know I've, I've pointed you in the right direction there's only so much wiping of your bum and nose that i can do in this situation you can go do the reading and other people who are you know are thinking like you are quite only can uh, relay this information please please do it i'm not i'm not <laughs> people should be taking this stuff and running with it as far as i'm concerned Let's see. So if the effects if this affects growth hormone, how would that affect the young one's growth and development? Um, well, you would expect it to be retarded. Uh FDA has known about vaccine shedding for years and has even issued warnings, I guess. The answered that. So we need to stay away from the jab that will be transfected by exosomes, checkmate. Um Look, uh, you're going to come in contact with it in the environment. All you can do is mitigate. That's all. Um, avoid the absolute direct exposures. Try to, and again, until we understand it better. Most people, most people are so locked into short range thinking that they just think, oh, pneumonia. Again, it's not pneumonia. That's that's what was getting me banned everywhere right at the beginning when I was trying to tell people it's not pneumonia, it's something else. And as the data came through, as we read the papers from the original SARS infection, we understood it to be a disseminated systemic coagulopathy. And part of the driving mechanisms of that is this, these nucleation surfaces on the surface of the um, peptides. Uh, uh, yes, again to Chris. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. Sasha got blasted by 5G. Bah, I think Sasha's just been listening to uh, dipshits like Robert Young. Could have been anything. Could have been the ecstasy pills that he'd been chomping on at the weekend for all we know. Who knows? Who knows when you're going to parties with this crowd, which Sasha was. I I don't trust that group as far as I can coom. Um, Scott Ritter arrested twice for paedophilia. Arrest records publicly available. Yep, um, we know about that. Um, we make uh, we've got some funny memes about that. Uh, let's see. Give the doc some redies. Yes, come on, you tight bastards. Um, Ritter is a pedo. Um, the accusation has been made, but again, how much of that was um, entrapment? Uh, in your opinion, is everyone that's been jabberoo fucked without any chance of recovery? No, I don't think. Like, I don't think that biology isn't so binary. If the medical system admits their wrongdoings, it would mean that they had broken the Hippocratic oath for their own personal gain, and they'd be humiliated and lose patients and as such funds. Yep, but. Um, you know, it would be nice. Uh, it would be nice for people to take responsibility. 
Sven, I don't know what you want me to play. Uh, it amazes me how few people want to hear this stuff. Yeah. Um, I went to WTYL tip jar shows. It went on credit card. Thank you, AR6574. I salute you and your support. And I say, you'll get, uh, you all get prime viewing. I'll open it up to, uh, to everyone. And I don't know. I, I called, I called this out. I don't think I'm behind on donos. No, no, this is a new one. Um, I want to shout out Colorado. So if I was to live in the States, uh, Colorado was, uh, one and Idaho and, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Montana, big sky country for Kev. <laughs> and the old doc Kev with some, uh, <laughs> 50 cows honed on, uh, <laughs> the single path up to his residence his chateau uh, did anyone see the uh the reports where uh israel in the in the west bank has installed these security gates which has ai face identifying technology and guns think guns ah. it's like some weird take on aliens where they put the robot guns in in the in the conduits anyway i'm getting distracted uh let's see lejunia says i'm extremely wary of a procedure anything where my consciousness is altered or could very well be in a medical setting of any sort and dead serious about it because i was denied a surgery two years ago that there are only eight surgeons in the world that deal appropriately with the condition they're not touching me till healthcare is sorted out there were placebos and other doses so you could be lucky it's roulette in my opinion maybe um, let's see they claimed I had COVID pneumonia in the beginning after three weeks in ICU they labelled it as SARS-CoV-2 uh, let's see entrapment is setting up the conditions but it's still his choice to get caught multiple times trying to shag a minor look man I'm not, I don't want to defend Ritter but the, there's there is uh, the story is more complex than that they would make out and again um who knows? Who knows? Like I say, we uh, we joke about it, and um, you know, it, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, does that mean that we can't listen to to his analysis? And again, you know, I, I think many people, you know, so called um, experts who have been talking about Ukraine have missed the mark. I remember the um, the Duran saying, "Oh, there's not going to be an invasion," and like they're, they're literally like the Tokyo Rose for uh, for Moscow. <laughs> Moscow, Moscow, uh, Petrov, and Ivan. <laughs> and and I said, "Oh no, I think I think that there would be." I was right. I I called the invasion uh, before they did. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I grew up in Colorado. Um, says Chris, a little paraquat in your gimlet would get the process going too. Maybe uh, Dad worked inside NORAD. Amazing. Uh, let's see, no one wants to move to ND uh, where I am. 
What's ND? I'm not sure. It's absolutely shocking. What is making the decision on who dies? Uh, I agree, Jax. Mitigation of amyloids. It's interesting that graphene oxide is on the list of materials that is being researched to stop them. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm. Um, you might not want to be stopping amyloids. That's the, that's the critical thing in this discussion. It might it might be part of a um, defense mechanism. And in that paper, it says that you, you don't need the fibrils as such. You just need the um, the levels of the protein to drop. And this is why I think the the peptides are the way to go. The stimulating peptides. Bump up the protein levels. But then it might be the equivalent of, you know, trying to turn over a broken engine where the... Uh, the cod rods have snapped or the drive shafts are, are broken you'll get it going but there's it, no way you're driving it down the street these are these are complex um, topics just at the moment are there anything that would involve uh, <laughs> these these uh, composite not composites but uh, novel <laughs> Being injected in the brain. <laughs> so, how how's the uh, how's the graphene gonna work? Can we, can we pick that out real quick? Uh, nanomaterials. Yeah. Do we have a cartoon? No. <laughs> just just throw anything that sounds exotic in there. Let's see if we get some money. <laughs> hilarious uh all right let's go through this uh keto fasting looks to be helpful um yeah i'm uh, i've sort of gone off my keto diet i was on it for six months i'm just taking a break there's you know at some point you have to let the body sort of get in back in line um uh, graphene oxide is just one of the materials yeah I, I, I get it that though i saw a whole bunch in there um but, you know I, I can't we try more natural solutions do we do we have to is it incumbent upon us to go down this uh, technological pathway uh all right um i'm gonna uh call it a day i'm gonna see if we can get uh ground zero put together a webinar and uh see if we can't get as many folks from the round table to uh discuss this issue And with that, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'll do a... What's his face? Who uh, JC was talking to. It's all it's all the flu, bro. <laughs> John Cullen, that was his name. All right, I'm out of here. Take care, guys. God bless. See you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these peppers! I will fucking kill each fucking pepper! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. Russ is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these peppers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever first of all fucking blood blood! Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking... Fuck.
this guy?